Loie, if there's one thing I know about you as my bestie, it's that you love a good hole. I do. I do. I love a good hole. (laughs) And by that, obviously, I mean that you love rabbit holes. And one of your favorite rabbit holes is the wiki wormhole. This is the whole episode, apparently. We're starting (laughs) off strong. That urge you have on the internet, and I have too, to dive like ridiculously deep into the most obscure topics is really what birthed this podcast. Sometimes you go online because you want to figure out a song you heard on an episode of Stranger Things, and then 72 hours later, somehow you're an expert in the Heaven's Gate cult suicides. Sometimes it's just like that. I recently put on my tinfoil hat, which does it kind of ever come off, and went down a wiki wormhole of my own. I was looking up information on that movie, The Fifth Wave. Do you remember that movie? It has our girl, Chloe Grace Moretz, who I think I really only know from Kick-Ass, which is an amazing movie, Kick-Ass 2, I guess. She tries to survive an alien attack. I wanted to find out which Air Force base the alien attack in that movie was based on because I was like, this has to be based on something. And I found Wright-Patterson, which is based out of Dayton, Ohio. And the craziest thing about this Air Force base is that it's actually like dead ass famous for UFOs, among so many other things. Okay. A little bit of a quinky dink here. I too have been kind of looking into Wright Patterson Air Force Base recently. And I've been reading about the other thing that the base is well known for. If you believe in aliens, then the one thing I believe in is ghosts. And Wright Patterson Air Force Base is considered to be one of the most haunted Air Force bases in America. It sounds like this place has it all. I'm excited. Buckle in, Ellie. Buckle in, Chloe. Buckle in, IUL fam. Today, let's take a road trip over to Dayton, Ohio, and talk about this haunted alien haven. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your friendly neighborhood true believer and tinfoil hat wearer, mom car driver as per huge. And I am Eleanor. I can't even introduce myself as the skeptic today because mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to talk some aliens. Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. I hope so today. We might just scare <laughs> ourselves into staying up all night. But one thing is for sure, we are glad to have you guys along for the ride. Today feels like a true investigation. I feel like we have explored all manners of creepy stories, whether it's like haunted TikToks, haunted hotels, haunted this and that and the other. And you think about all the places that could be haunted. We've had many a philosophical discussion about Mm -hmm. where the ghosties Mm -hmm. can live. Love that the ghosties are apparently not only hanging out at Wright-Patterson, but potentially just right alongside the aliens, which I'm saying, which is much more jarring, actually. I think it's interesting when places become like seeming hot spots for Mm -hmm. especially like cryptids things like that where there's just a bunch of weird shit going on in a certain place because even as a skeptic it's like there has to be something consider this during the road trip you wear your salad fingers costume the return the return return. i wear my mothman costume yes and we just Blend right in, actually. No one will even know that we're there. (laughs) Who's to say it's not a Wright Patterson alien cosplay? Who can prove me wrong? Nary a soul. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. 
Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. So Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is located just outside of Dayton, Ohio. It is affectionately referred to as Wright-Pat by the locals and those stationed there. The base's origins started with the establishment of Wilbur Wright Field and McCook Field back in 1917 during World War I. In the late 40s, the fields merged into one Air Force base. One of the most noteworthy events here was the creation of something known as Project Sign, later known as Project Blue Book. Now, Project Sign was the base's investigation of unidentified flying objects, or UFO reports. And listen, you might be thinking at home, uh, what is the military doing? Like, why is the Air Force specifically looking into UFOs? Mm -hmm. But I guess, like, I was kind of thinking about this, and it doesn't just necessarily have to be aliens. It's like an actual unidentified flying object. Yeah, a flying threat. Yes, yeah, that's dangerous in a lot of capacities, especially when you just don't know what they are. So they're looking into this, but as you're going to hear later, they kind of acknowledged, I guess, the fact that people sort of equated UFOs to aliens, which I... Fascinating. This entire thing is just so interesting. And by 1952, the Air Technical Intelligence Center, or ATIC, established an aerial phenomena group to study reported UFO sightings across the country, including those in Washington, D.C. The goal was to gather all UFO sightings and actually, at this point, figure out whether or not they were, in fact, aliens. By 1969, the study had looked into, (laughs) brace yourself, 12 thousand reported sightings. 12,000. 12,000 reported sightings of UFOs. That's kind of insane. It's a lot. It's a lot. But the definition, it's not like 12,000 sightings right. of like a Mothman. You know what I'm saying? Like a UFO can be literally any light in the sky. Absolutely. Any sort of unexplained flying object. It could actually be a gigantic owl that people just simply do not recognize. <laughs> it could be Mothman. How many UFO sightings are Mothman? And the Venn diagram <laughs> of Mothman sightings and UFO. 701 remained unexplained when the Air Force closed its UFO investigations, and a 1968 report concluded that there seems to be no reason to attribute, the unexplained sightings that is, to an extraterrestrial source without much more convincing evidence. So, boo, are they saying no aliens? They are saying no aliens, but do we need to listen to them? No, we don't. Absolutely not. No, we don't. We have different experts. And cryptozoologists believe that this place has something spooky going on. So let me tell you about Hangar 18 at Wright Pat. 
Maybe you have heard this famous story about a UFO. If you're into UFOs at all, do we have any UFO stands in the crowd? So this UFO had a group of aliens as its extraterrestrial crew, and they were said to have crash landed in the New Mexico desert near Roswell on July 2nd, 1947. Now this site was allegedly cleaned up by the Air Force. And honestly, if aliens do crash on Earth, like, you know, it's cleaned up by the military, right? Oh, 100%. Any country's can, military. Can you imagine that call? Like, you have to be briefed by that point on mm-hmm. aliens. You Like, someone has to sit you down and be like, hey, at some point, you're going <laughs> to have to deal with the little green men or whatever they look like. I but can tell you. I, <laughs> I can tell you. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, because they didn't clean up this site fast enough. There were eyewitness reports no. of these little three foot tall gray men, maybe a distant cousin to their little the green, little green men. Yes. yes, like moving around the crash before everything was cleaned up. Now, do you remember Lauren Coleman? He is the co-author of Weird Ohio. We talked about him in the Bridgewater Triangle episode. Yes. Weird Ohio is kind of like the... The Quirky Girls Ohio Bible. So much, so much in Ohio. I have never been, but I think we might, out of all of our road trip destinations, actually need to hit Ohio first. I agree. I agree. So he claims that the aliens and their space vessel were then shipped off to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base's notorious Hangar 18. So that's how we bring Wright-Pat back into the story. Now, specifically, he says that these aliens were brought to a highly guarded location dubbed the Blue Room, which I assume is synonymous with the Blue Book, Blue yeah, Project. Yeah, 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 Project Blue Book. Project I think that Blue at, Book. I think that at that time it had officially, well, maybe not. See, I don't know how it all comes into play. I like that the color blue for some reason is there's there. a through line. There's, <laughs> there's a through line. line. I don't Causation, know if I <laughs> Right. We're not meant to. That's the point. Okay. So one former military pilot named Oliver Henderson reportedly told his wife that he actually flew the plane with debris from the crash, as well as literal like alien bodies, several small alien bodies from Roswell to Hangar 18. So we have like, I mean, listen. I am prone to investigate alien sightings significantly less than I investigate our little ghostly friends. But I believe it. Like, tell me more, Oliver. I don't know. That's so bizarre. That is just so interesting because, Mm -hmm. like, that's such a weird story to share, especially with a loved one. Because once again, completely believe all of this. Completely believe that there are, like, military personnel who are in charge of cleaning up alien crash Mm -hmm. landing sites and stuff like that. But, like... To tell your loved one something so specific, like, yes, I was on this crashed ship. I flew it back to Hangar 18. Also, there were dead alien bodies. Like, now that you're saying it back to me, it's like, okay, this guy is crazy. (laughs) I love that I got on board. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, okay, listen. The reason I believe in aliens over Mm -hmm. ghosts is because, like, scientifically, I refuse to believe that humans are it, right? Like, I refuse to believe that minions are the height of intelligence in the entire universe. There has to be something else. Yes, there has to be something else. I also believe that the government, like, cleans up so much shit so that we don't know about it. We've talked about it on the podcast before, right? Like, ghosties don't really have any kind of basis to me. And none of the individual alien stories I've ever heard are necessarily that compelling on their own. But I have to believe that a certain percentage of them are true because if I believe in aliens, I believe they probably have been here. Like we know for a fact the government does look into it. Why wouldn't they clean things up? I don't know about Oliver. Honestly, I believe him. (laughs) Are there any other stories? Yes. You know, okay, okay. 
so, so, so. There's quite a few pilot stories. According to the children of another pilot who was named Black Mac Magruder, Black Mac claimed to have seen an alien living at Wright Field in 1947. And he told them, quote, it was a shameful thing that the military destroyed this creature by conducting tests on it. Oh my God, that makes me so sad. <laughs> I mean, same. Should we believe him? And I kind of do. And I yes, kind of do. Yes. I don't know. I think this could be an example of groupthink. I think there could be something to this. I'm really not sure. Regardless, it seems like around a couple different points in history, like groups of people who were there all seem to have seen something. Something. And it's not just pilots either. So in 1988, Senator Barry Goldwater gave an interview and he claimed that he had asked General Curtis LeMay for access to the Blue Room. And General Curtis was like, he was pissed. He was literally furious, enraged. He said, not only can't you get into it, but don't ever mention it to me again. So this place was locked down. He said, you will never speak to me nor my alien yes. son ever again. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. So now, of course, I want to get in there more than literally anywhere in the entire right. world. Right, right. There are so many additional stories about aliens actually still being held in Hangar 18 and being held there in history. So maybe we'll just like break in in our salad fingers and Mothman costumes. Mm -hmm. They Pretend do dub as lock pickers. They do. They do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your little phalanges. Yes. <laughs> We're going to free our boys. On April 18th, 1961, a man named Joe Simonton was having a late breakfast at 11 a.m. when he heard some low jet-like noises which disturbed him. So he went outside. Before we continue any further with this story, we all have to kind of put on our tin, like really make sure the tinfoil hat is on. Mm -hmm. Like really secure it. Allow yourself to disappear into a realm where anything and everything is possible. <laughs> really trying to manage expectations here. So Joe says he immediately saw something which he described as a disc land on the ground and it opened up its hatch and out of the hatch came a gray, wide-eyed alien. Okay. A visitor, a little friend. He said, I will be joining you for breakfast at 11 a.m. I'm sorry I'm a little bit late, but mm -hmm. I do love a good brunch. Okay. I mean, nothing has not convinced me so far. Joe said the visitor also did not speak English. So all of their communication took place in the form of gestures at first, which again is kind of funny to me to think about this man coming out from his breakfast and he and this alien are just sort of like like grunting and like pointing at each other. But then, thank God, Joe received a message telepathically. And the alien was like, hey... I need some water. Like this telepathic message just basically urged Joe to go get a jug of water for the alien. But before Joe left to complete this task, he looked into the saucer and saw one of the aliens, quote unquote, cooking on some kind of flameless cooking appliance. What were they cooking? Actually, I'm going to give you a quick poll. What were they cooking? Slime, undetectable slime, just slime we've never seen before in our lives. Two, oatmeal or three, pancakes. If you guess number three, pancakes, you would be correct because apparently to trade for the water, which Joe gave them, the aliens gave to Joe, bestowed upon him four pancakes. Each one was about three inches in diameter and had little holes throughout their surface. Joe did eat one of these pancakes. Incredible. I mean, wouldn't you? Blessings. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, are you kidding me? But when he ate it, he insulted their cooking. He said it tasted like cardboard. 
How dare you? It was probably you? the first time they had ever made pancakes, to be fair. They were just trying to make a tasty little treat. Literally tough critic. I have a question. Yes. How many aliens were there? I thought it was one little friend. He saw one little friend, but apparently he looked into the hangar and saw a second little friend. That's oh, the only okay. two he claims to okay. see. So they're just buddies. Just they're a just little buddies. pair of buddies. Yes. What happened to them? They just leave? Well, that's a great question. The fate of the aliens remains unknown because, oh my God, just now we have motion sensor lights in our podcast studio and they just went off because no one's walked through for a while and it just spooked me. I was really like, oh my God, they're coming and they're making us pancakes. They are right here. They are right here and they know that we are hungry. Apparently the aliens' fate was just not nearly as important to Joe as the pancakes. They just kind of wandered off and oh. yeah, that is what it is. So actually you, Eleanor, and our friends at home might be wondering what in the world do alien pancakes have to do with Wright Pat? Well, an investigator named George Wagner claimed to have literally seen the space pancakes stored at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I want to believe the pancakes so badly. I just don't know if that's what aliens' priority is, though. <laughs> like, I think that the idea of aliens mimicking our behavior to the point of making us, like, little pancakes out of whatever they have on their ship is hysterical, especially in exchange for water. I don't know. I don't know. Do you believe the pancake story? Uh, no. I <laughs> love that they... <laughs> they're advanced enough to come to Earth and mm -hmm. communicate. They possess empathy. They create this delicious, delectable course. I think he's a bit of a tough critic. I think so, too. For their lovely host. And they, like, don't know what a sink is. They're, like, literally in the kitchen surrounded by so many water sources. There's, like, a tap water coming out of the fridge, out of the sink, out of the hose outside. And they're like, please. Water. Water, <laughs> but yeah, I do love that they're gracious. I don't believe the story, but I do think it's absolutely hilarious. In case you're sitting at home and you're like, okay, I'm on board. But all of these stories and all of these sightings seem kind of old, a little dusty crusty. They all happened in the 40s to the 60s. Is it really worth making the trip now? Well, as recently as 2016, there was another UFO spotted at Wright Pat. A cell phone video shows what appears to be a blue flying object hovering over Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. This went viral in May of 2016. What is with the color blue? That's what I'm saying. What is going what on there? What does it there? mean? And this video was circulated pretty widely. It was on Fox News. A couple other news sources circulated it. It just, like I said, showed this little blue object flying into frame and then out of frame behind a cloud. The woman in the video was kind of like narrating it. Unfortunately, if you try to find the video now, we had a difficult time. There's a screenshot you can find of when I think the mirror covered it, but it's sort of hard to find the original video. And it's almost shaped like a little lightning bolt. Like the actual object itself is so fascinating. It has mm -hmm. these really sharp corners to it, like a very distinct point at the end. It's actually very, very different from any like UFO, like flying saucer I've ever seen in my life. I would believe that as a UFO over like I the agree. perfectly round disks. Yeah, it's very jagged. It's not, mm -hmm. not much of a saucer at all. We could probably spend all day and the rest of this podcast talking all about aliens at Wright Pat, and perhaps we should. Perhaps another alien episode is in order. However, if I'm being honest, the hauntings at these places are just as fascinating as the extraterrestrial activity. This place isn't just haunted, it's famously haunted. People from all over the world claim that they have seen paranormal activity here. Up next, we'll be talking all about the many ghosts of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base.
It's been said that art is in the eye of the beholder. But what about greed or chaos? Hi, it's Richard from the Spotify original from Parcast, Unexplained Mysteries. This September, join us as we comb through the clues of some of the greatest art mysteries of all time. The Lost Da Vinci, the fake Rothko, the real identity of Banksy. If you've never listened to Unexplained Mysteries before, there's no better time to dive in than with this fantastic five-part special. You can also find hundreds of other mystifying stories and new episodes each week by following Unexplained Mysteries free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Listen, I know those of you at home have been glued on every single detail of our alien friends, from getting out of the ship to join brunch to just apparently flying saucers and UFOs all around this Air Force base. However, it's time to jump into the hauntings. Alien hauntings? Human hauntings? What's the diff? What's the diff, really? We're all just one big, creepy pile. That I don't know. was beautiful. Thank you. I want Thank that as a you. bumper sticker. I didn't We're know where it was just going. one big creepy pile. I, I didn't. Coexist. I did not know where it was going. <laughs> not the coexist. <laughs> I'm back in 2011. That's going to be our first merch. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> for the so pod. true. So true. Someone get on that. For years, visitors at Wright Pat have reported strange noises, objects moving on their own, odd shadows, and other phenomena all around the base. Hospital employees working in Building 219 on the Air Force Base back in the 90s reported seeing ghosts around this time, roaming the halls every single day. According to an October 1996 article in Wright Patterson AFB's Skywriter magazine, One of these ghosts is named Harvey, after a doctor who worked at the hospital in the 1930s and allegedly took his own life there. Other ghosts include a young boy who appears to be around the ages of 8 to 10, as well as some transparent older men. I love the general just transparent older men. It's really ominous. What did you see at work today? Oh, just a transparent older man. Yeah. Well, it's scary because it's plural. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, true. It's a gaggle. It's a gaggle. I like that they travel exclusively in flocks. You never see them alone. (laughs) Honestly, as in life, as in death. (laughs) Those who claim to have seen the apparitions say that they are somewhat transparent, at least, but clear enough to distinguish their sex and age. Most of these sightings, according to the article, were on the third floor where the operating room had been and in the basement, which at one time housed the morgue. Love. Love. I think that potentially the scariest place to see a ghost would be in a morgue. Yeah. Because I don't know if my brain would jump to ghosts over like, oh my God, zombie. What about your wedding? 
Oh my god! Picture those two scenarios: you see a ghost at the morgue, or you see a ghost at your I wedding. I had <laughs> such a physical reaction to that, like right? imagining a ghost <laughs> at my wedding. I would be angry if it was at my wedding. Like, screw you! Don't like, steal really? my day. Here, yeah. oh my god, bro, it's true. And this is where the part about Wright Pat being famously haunted comes in, because in 2004, the Atlantic Paranormal Society checked out reports of unexplained phenomena in three different buildings at Wright Pat. And in case you don't recognize the name, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, you live under a rock, they're <laughs> the ones who were featured on the old sci-fi channel show Ghost Hunters. So kind of synonymous, same mm-hmm. group. I did not recognize the Atlantic Paranormal Society. So No, it's usually called TAPS, which we do refer to it later as in this episode. But like, I didn't even know that's what it was called. I just knew that they were the ghost hunting group TAPS. TAPS, right. TAPS. So TAPS co-founders Grant Wilson and Jason Hawes spent time in Building 70, and they claimed to have heard footsteps one night in the empty office spaces after urging any spirits there to present themselves, show up ghosty, and show up they did. Later, they checked out the Arnold House on base, and this house was named after Henry H. Hap Arnold, who was the only person ever to be dubbed General of the Air Force, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Only one. Okay. So when the ghost hunters visited the Arnold house, they found that at least five entities lived in the house. Five roommates. Roomies, yeah. Five, and, and they, they were, were roommates. <laughs> exactly. Do with that what you will. I think we just spawned a new category on AO3. Um, <laughs> if you know, you know. The girls who get it, get it. burn roommates to lovers. For real. They also heard sounds coming from the bathroom, girls laughing in the dining room, specters turning on lights when the show's hosts asked them to. Really polite. I mm-hmm. do appreciate that they follow. Considerate. Like, yeah. Instructions, directions. It's very Simon Says. One of the hosts even interacted with a ghost through a series of taps as responses to questions. So he claims to have literally been in communication mm-hmm. with these ghosties now. As is the case with any of these shows, do they ever go on location? And not find something. No, they don't. So take with a big old handful of salt. Okay. But it is interesting. And I do like some of the stories. I do like our roommate headcanon forming already. I do too. You know, honestly, just for the fan fiction purposes, I will continue to hold on to that. But in case you were not keen on visiting the roommates over at the Arnold House, don't worry. The Air Force Museum on site is haunted too. Chris Woodyard, author of Haunted Ohio, walked through the museum and said she believed she was constantly followed. According to Chris, many airmen were so attached to their planes that some of their ghosts still live in their planes. For instance, the hopalong was used by medevac troops in Korea and Vietnam. The museum staff say that they see the pilot in the seat from time to time, flipping switches and quote-unquote trying to get home. To make that even creepier, the seat is actually, like in real life, in the physical world, still stained with that pilot's blood. That's creepy. That would be such a bleak existence. What a bleak afterlife. I know. Just doing your job forever. Yes. Like, imagine how uncomfortable a plane seat is. Stop. Mm. You can never escape. That is worse than hell. Well, then there's the Black Mariah, a helicopter transport used for classified missions. It sits at the museum, still filled with bullet holes. Some say you can hear the moans and voices of the troops that it once carried. And finally, the B-24D Liberator, a bomber jet known also as the Strawberry Bitch. Same. When Strawberry shortcake had a glow up. Yes. Chocolate and vanilla bitch incoming. Like, I simply <laughs> want to be part. I want to take part in this little Neapolitan swirl. 
It could be like the Powerpuff Girls, if anyone wants to join me. We only need one more. That's true. The Strawberry Bitch is said to be the home of the only malevolent spirits at the museum. <laughs> Never mind. All no. of you, girl. All of you. I'm removing myself from this swirl. I'm out to goodbye. Enjoy. Well, there are reports of rattles and clanks, shadowy figures and strange lights coming from the Strawberry Bitch at night. One former janitor even claimed that a ghost from the plane slapped him in the face. Wow. Imagine you like you know, get physically assaulted by a ghost and no one ever believes you. Strawberry bitch. She had me and then she <laughs> lost me and she brought me back. Oh, 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 okay. So we're potentially I, I think strawberry bitch and I would get along potentially. Well, okay, listen, we've been talking about the ghosts for a while, but I cannot stop thinking about the aliens at Wright Patterson. I mm-hmm. truly loved this episode so much because we got to talk about two of our absolute favorite things. But I'm still really hanging on to the aliens. Do you believe, after all you've heard today, that aliens could be at Wright-Patterson or maybe were at one point? Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, aliens are interesting because no singular place or singular story or account ever really convinces me like, yes, this person saw an alien. And I also think when places become hotspots for aliens publicly or even just known to the people there, like everything they see, they're going to be like, oh, that's part of the... You know, like, that's an alien too, right? I want to be part of the little alien circle. So it's kind of hard to say. But I do think the fact that there are multiple accounts from a pre-social media era, an era before that would be something that would get you any mm-hmm. kind of clout amongst your social circle, I think that's a little bit more compelling. So maybe... Something interesting to consider here is that there are a lot of eyewitness accounts of aliens in this area over the years. And of course, it does seem really strange for this legend to persist for so long. But something to note is that there isn't actually a Hangar 18 on the right path base. There's so they a, say. So they say. That's the thing. There's a building 18, but it's on a hangar. But if Hangar 18 does exist, and this would make a lot of sense if it is as secretive as it claims to be or as legend says it is it could be underground it could be like completely hidden from people which i think would make sense with yeah the kinds of activity alien pancakes being stored there like we've all watched stranger things mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the new mm-hmm. season like please i cannot imagine they would have the super secret hangar 18 and then label it super secret hangar 18 don't come in right Yes. Yeah. Just leave a note on the door. Don't come in. Yeah. Like you have two believers on the pod currently. Like (laughs) I'm going to war for this one. So are there ghosts at Wright Pat? I think that there are ghosts everywhere. Like I don't think that you're ever going to find anyone who believes that ghosts are kind of just everywhere more than yours truly. But I do think that areas that have seen a lot of trauma or just a lot of people spending the majority of their lives in one physical location. I'm so much more prone to believing that hauntings take place there. Like, it makes so much sense to me that a ghost is continuing to haunt his aircraft that was probably, Mm -hmm. like, the center of his life when he was alive. You know what I mean? It's such, like, a theoretical proposition. Mm -hmm. Like, if aliens and humans both perish there and are both haunting the same place, are they in the same afterlife? Are they interacting? Are we going to, like, die and, like suddenly see all this crazy shit. <laughs> Can you imagine you go out and the first thing you see in the afterlife? It's just a centaur. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. I was going to say a little gray man, but I like centaurs <laughs> so much better. 
These myths have really withstood the test of time. And I think that there's a lot of reasons for that. People love to hold on to paranormal and alien stories, of course. And in an area that claims to have seen so very much, it makes sense why they have just stood the test of time. Like you said, they came out pre-social media. There doesn't have to be an abundance of evidence for any of this because number one, it's top secret government classified information about the aliens, obviously except for the pancakes, but also, <laughs> I'm really holding on to the pancakes, but also just like if photos did exist or if video footage did exist, it's completely understandable that it might be lost time. And this place is already infamous because it is a fact that they did do UFO research there. Plus the soldiers that have gone on record say that they have seen Roswell aliens being transferred there as well. Considering all of that, Wright Pat is an easy target for UFO lore. Even if Hangar 18 doesn't exist for realsies, even if a lot of these stories may not be true to the details, it makes sense why it's sort of become the paranormal hotspot of military bases. We want to know what you guys think about this episode. Do you believe that aliens are among us and also hanging out at Wright Pat? Do you believe that the Air Force Base could be haunted? Let us know all over social media by using hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loweybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast slash management and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kiven. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. <laughs>